public health informatics is the science and the art of taking raw data and turning them into useful information for health policies and programs. It takes all those data out there and turns them into knowledge of how people can live healthier lives. But how does this process work? My name is Jessica Hill, and I work at the Public Health Informatics Institute in Atlanta, Georgia. This podcast is my quest to learn about informatics and how it's made people's lives better. How has it made my life better? And really, why does it matter? So I'm ready. Inform me, informatics. Welcome back to Inform Me Informatics. This is our second episode, and I'm very excited to be able to share the second half of our conversation with Dr. David Ross, the director of PHII, which is, of course, the Public Health Informatics Institute. As you might remember, in our first episode, we spoke with Dave about his professional journey from rocket science to informatics. This time, we'll share more of our conversation with Dave, informatics projects that have made him proud, key challenges in the field, and some of the hottest issues in informatics today. So, if you're operating heavy machinery while listening to this podcast, please be careful. We talk a lot these days about system interoperability. And I would argue that the precedent to system interoperability is the personal human interaction interoperability. If we know one another, trust one another as, as people, as institutions, I know your motives if you're Hospital A and I'm Hospital B. Um, we can strike an agreement on what, when and how we share data mm-hmm. and use data. That's just really more and more and more important these days. It's very important that we as citizens know how our data are being used. It isn't that most people don't want their data used. In fact, probably the opposite is the case. They want to know when and how they're used, and they want to know they're not going to be abused. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you think people really think about that? I think when confronted with it, they do, yeah. I've seen examples of Uh people being um, given, given examples to explain, to say, you know, if we could use your data and many others, we could understand if, say, the care you as a group is receiving is is good care or not, or could be improved. Would you like to know that you've contributed to improving the care that you and your family will someday receive? Most people will say, well, yeah. Especially if you say, and I can protect and assure that we will not post any place you had this disease or diagnosis at this point in time. But I feel like that's the big challenge, right? Because nobody can really assure that. It is really? a challenge. Yeah, I you mean, know? No, no question about it. But we live so in it's the just digital the, world. It's, the, it's what you're willing to trade off. Because a lot of people are willing to trade off a lot and share a lot on, you know, social media because they get the benefit of support from their friends and staying in touch with their family and maybe finding other people with similar health issues and connecting with them. So how how can we as public health make the benefit as such to people that the trade-off feels like, yeah, that's something I'm willing to do? I, we, have a, we have a heavy burden to build that business case. And I think that's part of, again, that's part of the toolkit of informaticists that they, and that discipline, this discipline brings to public health agencies is to help build that value case or business case for the use of data. And if we can't argue a sufficiently good, robust case, 
then it probably maybe shouldn't be done. Let's give an example. Okay. Let's start with the easy stuff. Okay. Take something really nasty like the Ebola outbreak. Got it. I suspect most American citizens immediately felt like, don't worry about my data privacy. I don't want to get Ebola. Because the downside of me protecting my information mm-hmm. is that I might spread a disease that will have awful consequences. And by the way, it might come back and kill me too. Right. And, and my family. So, okay, I'm willing to share about that one, right? Right. Um, and that's the whole basis of reportable diseases is they have communicable significance, mm-hmm. transmissible significance to a population. And so, frankly, the law says we don't really care if you don't want us to know this. We need to know it because we have a right to protect all of us from each of us. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's where public health gets kind of more controversial. Yes. At times yeah. it does get controversial. But, in fact, that is a public judgment, a collective, democratically derived judgment that at times your individual rights are trumped by the needs of the collective. Not always. Oh. Sometimes the mm-hmm. reverse happens. Right. So when when you explained that to me, I, I can understand an outbreak and how we need this information in order to protect the health of other people. Mm-hmm. So how can sharing the data from my primary care doctor mm-hmm help protect the health of... So let's take take one of the most powerful examples in public health land, and that's immunizations, right? Right. By gathering data on every shot given to every person over time, that's what an immunization information system is. Right. What you do is then you have a population-based understanding of where... Our, where our protection coverage is effective and where it's not. You are able to look and see if there are pockets of under-immunized or unimmunized people that could be the, the cause of an outbreak that's right. preventable. But that's preventable. That's preventable. Now, that's just one example. Right. No, but it makes me think, so then this is, to me, leading to other thoughts of a lot of ways that we think about health and getting sick in our, a lot of our communities is around, like, you did something wrong. So I think that's part of why people don't want their data shared. Because sure, sure. it's, you know, if I'm getting a shot, well, I'm preventing something. But if I got sick, there could be a judgment that I did something wrong. Well, yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Like, I, I developed type 2 diabetes. Right, Are you right. going to blame me for being, uh, you know, overweight? Are you going to blame me for eating the wrong food, not doing any exercise? Mm-hmm. One can be blameful about it or one can be helpful about it. Those are judgments that we have to help educate people about. But does that mean we shouldn't look at the data? It, well, what do you think it would take for there to be sort of a standard electronic health record for all of the U.S.? What, what would that look like? Well, what would it take and what it looks like are two different things. Okay. What, what it takes is we, the citizens, want it. I mean, do you want to have a personal health record that you keep like you have your bank records Mm -hmm. those are yours right you the bank holds them yeah the bank holds them and shares them with the credit rating agencies and the bank that's right and there's some aspects of this you're not happy with so if you don't like it go to your elected (laughs) officials and say change the laws Uh, but it's still it's your bank account and you can open it and you can close it yes right yes and you do pay attention to see if the information it is right. I do. Right? You don't want me to sort of slipping in and taking a thousand no. bucks out of your account 
No, I get very you, you would very like, prickly about that. You really want to know this is <laughs> that's my number. Yeah, I trust that number, right? The same about our health. I mean, do we want this information? What I'm suggesting with the maturity of electronic health records is we will eventually mature to the point where the public, the citizens, each of us, wants our providers of care to have the right, accurate information on us. Mm-hmm. There are multiple ways to skin that cat. That wasn't a very healthful okay. um, metaphor. There are to multiple use. ways to, <laughs> to, a to uh, maybe skin that apple. <laughs> anyway, there are multiple ways to solve a problem, and how you make that electronic that information about you uh, useful to you is what the EHR really is about. I thought you were going to ask me about the coolest projects we've worked on. Well, why don't, why don't we make that the last question? All right. Well, so what's the coolest project, one of the coolest projects? Oh, yeah, I should ask on. the question then. You're right, you're right. And, I said and, I would ask it. Okay, right. Dave, what's the one of the coolest projects you've worked on in the past five years? Well, um, I, I think a couple come to mind. So I'm going to give you three, but I'll make it quick. Do you one, think that's what informaticians always do? You ask them one question. Well, you know, I've learned it's what politicians do. You give the answer you want to give, not necessarily the, answer the question you're asked. That's good. Uh, I can learn that as somebody who wants to interview people, that my question is just a guideline. So thank you yeah, well, for that one lesson. One of the things they teach you in dealing with the press is um, answer what you want to answer. Okay. So what do you want to answer? So number one was the launch of the Informax Academy. So we, we really produced the first evidence that showed that these basic informatics concepts and principles we were teaching were learnable by a cross-section of public health people. Mm-hmm. This was not just techies. Yeah. In fact, the majority of people were not. They were public health department people of all sorts of stripes, from environmentalists to health agency directors to epidemiologists. It was a cross-section of the people you find in a public health agency and some technology people. Project Optimize was another one. It's something we did with in partnership with PATH, which is a large NGO in Seattle, which was looking at how do you automate and improve, systematize the vaccine supply chain in developing countries. Mm-hmm. What we demonstrated was you can define the vaccine supply chain in a uniform way that all countries, regardless of who they are, could adopt it. We had Asian and African and Middle Eastern countries involved, and WHO. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of naysayers at the beginning said, this is not possible, everybody's different. It was a collaboratively mm-hmm. done thing. They developed the best process mm-hmm. and the best procedures. Fabulous project. And when everyone's doing the same process, then you can learn yeah. like best practices and right. what makes it go And when you start building automation yeah. supports, you start to create systems that other people will then want to adopt. Yeah. And so you create cost efficiencies also, mm-hmm. right? And the other one uh, was was a project called um, the Inventory Management and Tracking System that we did IMATS for for CDC as how it's known today, but it, it it relates to how to improve the strategic national stockpile for vaccines, okay, and and medical supplies and CDC the na- had, this nations yeah countries? for the U.S. okay for the U.S. Okay. So this is a project we were brought in by CDC to do. Uh, help them with and develop one version of a system that was not being adopted by the states. Oh. And and it worked and worked on this, and it really was a lot of pushback from the states. We got involved because our basic premise was you have to start where 
the work happens. You have to start with the people who do the work and not try to guess at what they you think they need to do, but actually find out what they do and how they do it in the context in which they do it. And by our applying our, our collaborative requirements development method, we were able to help both the CDC developers and program people um, come into deep interaction with state and local people who did this kind of work. And out of it, we refined the requirements for what has now become the IMAT system and is mm -hmm. now adopted in many, many states. And so at times like a flu pandemic, mm -hmm. like with H1N1, H1N1 yeah. the system we helped create and refine was actually very helpful to the nation. And so that's informatics in action to actually prevent disease. That's such a great point to end on because yeah. that's what we're looking for, examples of how informatics in action actually makes people's lives healthier. Thanks again to Dr. David Ross for talking with us. Dave has been the director of the Public Health Informatics Institute, and pretty soon he'll be transitioning to our parent organization and serving as the president and CEO for the Task Force for Global Health. So I guess that means that he'll be my boss's, 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 boss's boss. Please be sure to tune in next time when we'll be exploring how informatics supports immunization efforts and how your local pharmacy may be talking with the state information system. We hope it is. For pharmacists, there's also sort of the return on investment to make sure that they're giving all the immunizations that patient is due for. And from a public health perspective, that makes sure that the population is that much more covered. Thanks to Kathleen Taraski of Residence Marketing who designed our logo. Our theme music is called Carnival Intrigue and was composed by Kevin McCloyd. Inform Me Informatics is a project of the Public Health Informatics Institute and the Informatics Academy. You can find out more at phii.org. You can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, at phinformatics. We want to hear your informatics success stories. Please share them with us on Twitter using the hashtag winformatics. That's hashtag W-I-N-F-O-R-M-A-T-I-C-S. If you like this podcast, please rate us on iTunes. The ratings help other people find out about us, and it can help us spread the word. Finally, many thanks to our production team, especially Piper Hale and Christopher Hall, who edited this episode. You both are awesome, and we really appreciate all your help, your hard work, and your guidance. I'm Jessica Hill, and you've been informed. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs>